You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another edition of Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 93 of the podcast. I'm Chad Dotson from RedLegNation.com. Joining me is my frequent co-host and uh, smartest guy I know when it comes to Reds baseball, Bill Lack. How are you doing today, Bill? You need to increase your uh, group of friends if I'm the smartest guy you know. <laughs> you need to, wi- to, you need to widen your circle. <laughs> oh, come on. Give yourself a little bit of credit. Uh, you, you, uh, you're the know-it-all. That's what I've always said about you. You're a know-it-all. Well, there, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're here today to talk, uh, if we must, about this maddening, frustrating Cincinnati Reds organization. You know, uh, the last couple of weeks, there have been a little bit of a note of optimism at, at times, and certainly after that fantastic, the first week of September, where the Reds really just laid it to the Cardinals and the Dodgers. I mean, two outstanding teams, the Reds won six out of seven against them. Um. Of course, you know that was coming off on the heels of a, a couple of, of a pretty bad week and a half, where the Reds lost two of three to Milwaukee, lost uh, two of three to St. Louis, lost two of three to Colorado. So uh, we were we were down a little bit, then way high because the Reds were really uh, flying high after the Cardinals and Dodgers, and boom! All of a sudden, uh, right back where we started in some ways. The Reds uh, this past week lost two out of three to the Cubs, and of course, very frustrating two out of three. Uh, at Milwaukee, including a, a heartbreaking Sunday afternoon game um, on Sunday the fifteenth. Uh, Bill, what do we make about this? What do we make of this team? Uh, why are they so frustrating? Two things they, they come to mind immediately. The first is you know the the the, uh, the the mantra of the AA people, and only in our case it would be, "My name is Bill, and I'm a Reds fan." You know, absolutely. <laughs> Um, uh, the other thing, I, and without looking at the schedule, it seems like these these heart wrenching, you know, crushing losses. It just seems like a vast majority of them happen on Sundays. I don't know whether even know whether that's true, but I, I can tell you there have been at least three times this year that I remember watching games on Sunday that they've gotten crushed in the la- you know these crushing defeats, and it, they've happened on Sundays at least three or four times this year, and I don't know why that is. But to answer your real question is, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you, you've said it on the blog in the last couple of days. There's been a lot of discussion about this. Uh, I don't think I've ever remember, and I've been, I've been you know, listening and watching a Red, fan of the Reds since 1968 or 69. I can't remember ever being this frustrated in a team. And and I don't know whether and we've I think we talked about this some in the last in the last podcast too. I don't know whether it's expectations. I don't know whether it's they look so good one week and look so pathetic the next week, or you know whether we you know the the team telling us they were going all in, you know got everybody's hopes up and now we're you know you're dealing with the the, the day to day frustrations of, of of dusty ball. I don't know what the answer is, but I, you know, I guess we're here to try to keep everybody from jumping off the ledge. Well, good luck because there are a lot of people that are uh, uh, on the ledge and just uh, calling the season over, basically. And and, and you're right. I, I've the last couple of days 
had a lot, and we'll talk about this some more maybe uh, in, the, in the podcast, but I've had a lot to say about how this team just, uh, they're, they're just going to break your heart. I had every expectation that if you get too emotionally invested in this team, they're just going to break your heart. Uh, that's what happened last year. Uh, but to uh, sort of switch around and, and take a 180, I don't think anyone needs to be on the ledge. I don't think anyone needs to give up uh, on this season. If you, if you love the Reds, which is, like you say, we're, uh, uh, I guess, like Alcoholics Anonymous, you said, <laughs> we're, we're stuck with this team, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. We, we're not, we're not going to give up on it. We're, you know, it's either uh, follow the Reds or just quit baseball entirely. We, we like baseball. We like the Reds. We have life for our li- entire lives. But to try to, uh, as I said, keep people from jumping off the ledge, I'd say this season's not over. Okay, we're very frustrated with this team. This team should be better than they are. Uh, they do dumb things. They make base running mistakes. And, of course, we can spend a, a couple of hours just talking about Dusty Baker and, and why he's so frustrating. But, you know, this team is probably going to make the playoffs. If, you know, I guess we'll talk about Washington. But uh, most likely, this team is going to make the playoffs. Now, it's just going to be that one-game playoff. But, you know, they can win that game. Uh, get a Matt Latos on the mound or Homer Bailey. And the, you know, those guys could win that game that puts them into a uh, the division series. And, you know, who knows at that point if the bats start to get hot. So uh, I, I don't want to anyone to believe that we're saying this team can't win. Season's over. Give up. Because I, I don't feel that way. But I just have no expectations that the Reds are going to be able to do anything in October, even if they make the playoffs. And so I'm just, uh, I'm going to enjoy it if they do, but I pretty much decided from the perspective of uh, getting really emotionally invested, it's not worth it. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see this team as currently, uh, as currently comprised being any kind of a factor in October. It could happen, small sample sizes, it can still happen. They do have talent, but the way this team has played I guess uh, to put it in a way that uh, that Marty might say, I wouldn't bet the ranch on it. No, I, like he said, I, I'm not going to um, get emotionally involved in this team. Uh, and you know, I, I can I can remember back in 1972, I was I was 14 years old, and I can remember I didn't sleep the night after the 70 after the seventh game of the World Series. And to this day, I say Bobby Tolman's name and I spit. You know, and, and you know, and part of that's being a kid, but part of it's just being that you know that emotionally attached to a team, and and I I won't do that to this team. You know, like like you said before, this team broke our heart last year. Uh, there was no way in the war. I mean, if I would have bet big money on them moving into the National League Championship Series last year, I mean they have two zero coming home, and they just laid an egg. I mean they just, I mean they, they didn't play terribly. But they were managed badly, and they didn't get they didn't do what they needed to do, and and that kind of broke my my heart, you know, and and I'm not gonna let them do it to me again, you know. It's it's like the girl that breaks your heart, and you start going out with her again, and you you say, you know, I'll go out with her, but I'm not gonna let her break my heart again, you know. Exactly, you know, and you, you talk about some of it's being a kid, and, and things are different when you're you're growing up, you know. That for me, it was the 1990 team when I was in high school, and uh, it was just. Uh, the most amazing run ever, uh, and, and you talk about me emotionally invested. That just that team, like I said, we'll never forget that team. Uh, I'll never forget Eric Davis's home run in, in a, uh, game one against Dave Stewart. 
so some of that is that you know I guess we're adults now and and, and maybe you don't take it as seriously but but that's not the entire story as, as you've noted in 2010 you know this team I think got us all uh, believing in them maybe not believe that they were World Series contenders necessarily but just in the fact that they were a fun team to watch a good team and and one that uh, we enjoyed being here's the term again emotionally invested in last year this team looked like they had it had it all. I mean, they had they were certainly a uh, World Series contender. They had the second best record in the league, um, and then of course jumping up two nothing on on the on the Giants, and they should have won that. I mean, they just uh, I'll never forget sitting at Great American Ballpark at the end of Game Four after they'd lost their second in a row to send it to a Game Five, thinking this team is really not. I was sitting there with my son. We had gone to the game. And uh, great atmosphere, a lot of fun. But but after it's over, just sitting there thinking, are they really going to do this to us? Uh, and nothing since that very moment, I've not seen a single thing that the Reds have done uh, or that they've shown me in terms of their play on the field that has given me any reason to make me forget that 2012 collapse. You know, I, I could have... I went into this season not wanting to be invested in this team because I didn't want to be fooled again, as we said. But, you know, let's be honest. I, I love the Reds. We all do. You're not uh, listening to this podcast if you don't love the Cincinnati Reds. If the Reds had come out with enthusiasm and fire and really just played good, solid, fundamental baseball and they pitched like they pitched, uh, like they actually have pitched, they could have won me over. But this team has been ugly to watch. They make dumb mistakes. Uh, they they're just they're not the type of team that's going to get uh make a guy like me who wants to believe they've not done anything to earn that i guess is what i'm saying does that make sense yeah it does uh you know you said we're adults now you know and sometimes it's all evidence to the contrary but <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um I, I don't think that there's anybody that's listening to this podcast that wouldn't agree with the statement that, that i'm about to make that if this team played to their capabilities they would be five or six games in front minimum in this division. I agree with that. But they have not done that all year. And, and I have not seen for any more than a stretch of about seven or eight games, I have never seen this team that looked like they were had any intensity, focus on the field, sense of urgency, whatever word, term you want to use. It's just, it, it, and, and I realize, that, you know, you can't tell how hard guys are playing. And I'm not saying guys aren't playing hard. But you can play hard and, and, and not be focused. Um, and, and this team just doesn't seem to, to, to understand that it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's make or break time. It's now or never. It's, you know, they, they, they have these great, this great series against St. Louis and the Dodgers. And they come in against teams that they ought to just be, to be honest, they ought to kick the crap out of, and they don't do it. You know, they go out there and, and they, you know, they, they make fundamental mistakes. Uh, we won't even go into the, the managerial things that drive us all crazy. But and I'm not putting all the blame on Dusty Baker. Um, you know, you get errors by the. I, I thought yesterday in the game yesterday on Sunday, I thought Jay Bruce should have caught that ball. You know. Would it have been a, a fairly tough catch? Yeah, but I think if you're a gold glover, which we all think he is, then he needs to make that catch. Um, you know, there was a double play that didn't get done yesterday that should have gotten done by all, you know by everybody's understanding. Um, 
You got a you got a guy throwing a heck of a ball game. He's only thrown sixty seven pitches, and then he walks three guys in a row. I mean, you just that to me is lack of focus. It's it, it's you know you you lose your concentration or something. And I don't know whether that is you know I don't know whether it's fair to say that that comes from the the, the coaching staff and management, or whether you, you know maybe they're right. You need that leader. You know, I, I hate the thought that you know we're paying guys. Fifteen twenty million dollars a year, and they need somebody to hold their hand and teach them how to win. Um, but you know, there's something missing, and I, I I don't know what it is. You know, I've never played professional baseball. Hell, I barely played beer league softball. But you know, I know that you know when the game's on the line, you got to bear down. And this team doesn't seem like they do that. And you know, or maybe they do it too much. Maybe they get so tight, and that's when they make mistakes. You know, it could be the other side of what we're talking about. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't think we've got enough information to really know, but certainly there's something, there's something there. There's something missing. There is. You know, Marty Brenneman has said all day long Sunday he thinks this team just is collapsing under pressure. They can't handle the pressure. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't have enough information to know, but I know that this team uh, does not look like a team that's a, a World Series contender. They don't. There's there's not a, there's not a focus there. This is all sort of you know. I'm, I'm sort of a stat guy. I, I like the uh, the the advanced uh, statistics and all that. And I'm hesitant to say something like that. That's so sort of nebulous and it's hard to put a finger on. Well, the lack of focus, or they just don't look like they're. But I, I don't know other way, any other way to describe it. I watch this team every single day, and and I don't think that it's, they're not playing hard. I you know I don't see that. A lot of people want to say that, and I don't I don't see that. But they certainly, there's no there there. There's something missing, and I don't, I don't know what it is. I wish I could explain it. Then maybe if it could be explained, it could be fixed. But, uh, again, that's the reason why I just don't trust this team. Well, the other thing I wonder, too, though, you know, we're talking about, you know, they, they, they don't look like a, a team that's going to be a contender, in, you know, for, for the world championship. And you, but, you know, you go back and go, well, I wonder, did the Giants look like, a world championship contender, you know, with a month left in the season, or with with three weeks left in a season last year, I, I I don't know. I you know I'm not a giant fan. I, you know I, I couldn't tell you. But you know what I will say, and this is you know once again we're trying to talk people off the ledge, including ourselves, is with the pitching that this team has and the defense that they're capable of playing, they can they can beat anybody in baseball. I mean I don't think that. Y- you get many people that would argue that for talent, the LA Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Talent, top to the bottom of the roster. And the Reds have played them seven times and six of the games have been one run games. I mean I mean they're capable of playing with anybody. But the question is, will they do it? And again, and it's easy for to keep going back to the to the managerial situation. But Dusty Baker has never shown that he can that he can take a team over the top, you know. And we, I mean, we saw him last year in the playoffs get completely outmanaged. And you know, he didn't win in San Francisco. He didn't win in 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 Chicago, despite being in the playoffs a number of times. You know, are are his flaws masked by a 162 game schedule, and are they are they you know thrown open for all the world to see in a short series? I, I can't answer that either. Well, you've hit on on my my big theory, uh, basically. But but again, you're right. The Giants. No, I don't think anyone considered them necessarily World Series uh, contenders, or at least not strong World Series contenders 
last year until the playoffs started. So that's why I've been consistent in saying the season's not over. This team could do it. They've got the talent to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and frankly, if you had told me that this roster as currently composed, if you had told me that their pitching was going to be this good and they were going to get a Shinsu Chu added to last year's team, I would have said this team's going to run through the league. And I guess there's, the, there's your frustration. The, yeah. the talent's there. So, but if the talent's there, that means that they could pick it up in the uh, in the postseason and go on a big run. I mean, it, it could happen. Now, back to my sort of theory that I've had and that I really composed uh, this theory or it became fully formed in my mind. I had thought some version of it for a while, but it became fully formed in my mind last year after, as you said, Bruce Boshi just completely managed circles around Dusty Baker in that National Division Series uh, where the Reds collapsed. I have been consistent in saying there are things that I am perfectly willing to believe that Dusty Baker does very well uh, as a manager. And some of these things like keeping guys loose and, and uh, you know, getting everybody enough playing time, having them playing together, things we can't measure. I'm absolutely willing to believe he's as good at that uh, part of his job as everyone believes. I'm also willing to believe that that is a much bigger part of the job than most, I guess, sabermetric types want to believe it is. I, I can buy all that, okay? There's no not a, a ton of actual physical evidence of that, but I, I'm willing to believe it. But there is... Absolutely no doubt that there are certain parts of his job that Dusty Baker does very, very poorly. Those are the on-field, some of the on-field things, the setting a lineup, uh, the managing the bullpen, things like that. Uh, bunts, too many bunts. Uh, and, and I think that there's a good argument to be made that some of that stuff is masked over the long season and is not as important over the long haul of the season at keep making a team play well or getting a team to play well uh, over that long haul, than it is in any individual game. His sort of philosophy of playing for tomorrow, I guess is what we always say. But now, in October, there is no tomorrow. In October, those things are magnified because every out, and you only get 27 in a game, every out, for example, in a one-game playoff like the Reds are going to play, and if they win that in a five-game playoff like we saw in the Division Series last year, every out is so much more magnified. You don't have 162 games to uh, recover. You've got to play to win that day. And I think that uh, Dusty's shenanigans in terms of managing on the field are, are why I don't think this team is a good bet to win anything in October. And uh, I said at the end of last year, that's the reason why I was going to try to emotionally check out on this team. Because I think until... And I'm not calling for him to be fired. I do want to talk about that later. I'm not calling for him to be fired. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. But I do think that what he does poorly is why I would not bet on this team despite all the talent we've been talking about. Um, You know, giving away uh, two or three of your uh, precious outs on sack bunts in uh, game two of the National League Division Series, stuff like that's going to just... Make my head hurt. So again, does that does that make any sense at all? And uh, is that theory? Uh, feel free to attack it. No, I I agree with you. I, I I think that what you saw in the in the playoffs last year was one manager that could think outside of the box and could react to changing situations, and one manager that has a set way of he's of using his roster and is incapable of thinking outside of those 
those parameters of where he uses those players. He's just it's just it just eludes it. Uh, well, I shouldn't say it. he's uh, he's either unwilling or unable. I, you know, I, I can't make a call as to which one of those it is. Um, but I think it's, let me just briefly. I think it's he's unwilling. I think he's able. Dusty Baker's a smart guy. Ever hear him talk? I mean, he's uh, he's gives a great interview. He's uh, very sort of well rounded in terms of uh, he's. There's no reason he can't learn. These concepts are not beyond Dusty yeah, Baker. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you can think on your feet. It's just like you know, you can a lawyer. You can be a great uh, researcher and all that, but that doesn't mean you can go in the courtroom and be a good lawyer, a, a good trial lawyer, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, so what I'm saying, he may not, he may under, he may have all these concepts in his head, but he may not be able to react to the situations when they happen. And, and I don't think there's any way for us to know that. But but it doesn't matter. We need to be a successful manager. I think. You need to be able to react or understand those situations, whatever it is. You need to be able to bring that to the table, and he, for whatever reason, he doesn't. Well, I think there's almost no question that he he doesn't, and um, he's the Marvin Lewis of baseball. <laughs> that doesn't sound like high praise, Bill. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and, but we do need to reiterate. You said it uh, earlier, and. and Every time you want to talk about the Reds, there's so many things you can nitpick with with Dusty. He does so many things that just infuriate us. But listen, it's the fact the Reds played awful, the fact they lost that game Sunday. We don't need to pin all that on Dusty. No, absolutely okay? not. We got players not performing. We've got three there. guys on this on this team. Three of our starters, actually, three guys on this team with an OPS plus of over 100. That means there's three guys on this team having a better than than average major league season. And oh gosh, don't don't say it, Bill. Brandon Phillips is not one of those guys. No, don't he's say not. that. And, and you know what? And Brandon MVP. Brandon Phillips OPS plus is lower than Todd Frazier's. Oh come on, impossible. Brandon Phillips is the MVP of this team. I know it. I keep reading that. You got to be lying to us, Bill. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> you know, uh, you should and, be that. And, and, and you know, and, I mean, I'm not saying that you know a 94 or 96 OPS plus is bad. It's not. But it's not where you expected Brandon Phillips to be, and it's not where you really. I, I don't think many people expected Todd Frazier to be there. I, even though I, I think I don't think Todd Frazier's had a terrible year. I know he's only hitting two thirty nine, and he went through some long stretches. But for a second year guy, I, I can I, I understand his struggles. And people that are talking about wanting to dump Todd Frazier, I don't get it. I, I just don't. Now he's twenty seven, and I don't know how much better he's going to get. But, you, you know, a team like the Reds is not going to be able to afford an all-star at every position. No, I agree. Uh, the talk of dumping Frazier, unless you've got somebody, uh, some better suitable replacement coming in, it makes very little sense. Well, I think you, know, and you hear people talk about wanting to still want to go out and sign a four-hitter and put a, a four-hitting third baseman. Well, you know, those guys are expensive. Yeah. And, 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 and you aren't going to take on that kind of, and, and, you know, and we can go into why the Reds haven't made it, you know, didn't do anything at the at the trade deadline. And I have to believe it had as much to do with payroll as anything. And and if they weren't going to take on any salary at the pay, at the at the trade deadline, they aren't going to go out and sign a big bat over the winter. No, I don't. I don't. I, I would not be surprised to learn that the uh, and we don't have any inside information, obviously, but that the budget is stretched to to the maximum. Um, well, I, I, agree thought, about- I thought you had. I thought you had Castellini on your speed dial. 
Oh, yeah, I do, but he didn't ever pick up the phone. <laughs> um, he's got caller ID. It's that nut again. He said, oh, it's him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Change my number again, please. Um, but conversely, uh, uh, you know, we all 10 of our solid contributing pitchers have an ERA plus over 100. That's pretty astounding. And that's yeah, not even counting right. Johnny Cueto. Yeah, and, and that's what I said a moment ago. If you'd have told me the pitching would be this good, uh, and, and as you mentioned, without Johnny Cueto uh, for most of the year, I would have thought this team would had run over the entire uh, the entire league. Yeah. I would have thought they'd uh, be a 100-win team. I, I mean, I, I know it's not a surprise to say that Logan Andrusik's been the, the worst pitcher on this team, but even his ERA plus is 93. I mean, that's not terrible. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. You're not going to get me to praise Andrusek much. He seems like a good guy. Me either. Uh, I, you know, but <laughs> what I'm saying is there was a time years ago when we'd have, we would have been singing his praises. That's probably true. That's probably true. You um, know, it's, it's like, and I, I got on this a little bit on the blog today, and, and I know you've, you've been one of the ones that have done it. I don't understand the people popping on Zach Duke. Uh, you know, let me. Duke has been fine. Other than yesterday, Duke's been fine. He's, made, he's thrown one bad pitch since he came to the big leagues. And and I have. I don't think that I have. Maybe I have. I don't think I've criticized Duke as much as I've criticized the usage of Zach Duke. Because what we have here is a guy that this organization did not believe, and I think you believe that he should have been up earlier. And you have yes, a I do. Good, you have a pretty good argument. I mean, he he performed well at AAA. He did everything um, they asked him to do at AAA. He struggled at the major league level for a while, but he's not been a reliever right. for too long. So, you know, maybe he's a lefty uh, reliever. Okay, you've got an argument. But here's where I wonder about this organization and, and how they think through things. Zach Duke was not good enough to be on this major league roster until the day before uh, uh, the last day of August. I right, believe. yes. For almost the entire season, he's been a triple-A guy. Yes. In, in, in their estimation, he's been worse than a guy like Logan Andrusek. So now all of a sudden, in September, when the Reds are playing games, trying to win a division, when the these games are obviously important, Zach Duke has been in more high-intensity situations since he came up than has Aroldis Chapman. You're right. and, and, and but, but that's not on the organization. That's on Dusty Baker. Uh, well, yes, I agree. I agree. But, I mean, uh, the but, organization as a whole didn't think Zach Duke was good enough. But, but, to, but I'll give you another example of the organization doing something recently that makes absolutely no sense to me. To make to bring Zach Duke up and put him on the forty man, they took Pedro Villarreal off the forty man. They ran him through waivers and they ended up keeping him anyway, right? And that's so it didn't it didn't cost them anything. But today, the Reds DFA'd Kyle Lotzka, our former number one draft pick, that was on the forty man roster. <laughs> so they took a chance on losing Villarreal, who's not going to be an all star necessarily, but. But he may come up, and he may, and since they put him back in the bullpen down at Louisville, since he was up here and they put him back down to the bullpen, he pitched pretty well, and I think he had a good start down the year. And I'm not saying he's going to be an all star or anything, but if you're going to cut Lotzgard loose at the end of the year anyway, why not cut him loose three weeks ago rather than making taking a chance of losing Villarreal? I mean, I don't understand the logic. Well, it's almost like they're just making decisions, like you talk about, uh, you know, in the moment uh, with Dusty. Oh, gosh, what do we do now? What do we do now? Um, and, and clearly, if they'd have thought it through, if they had the intent to DFA a guy, uh, surely they would have known about that three weeks ago, that this guy was 
not somebody they necessarily wanted to keep around or that they needed that 40 man spot. You're right. I agree. Uh, I did actually didn't pick up on that, uh, that they had done that. That's, uh, and, and so, I've been saying, and I've been saying for a while that lots, I mean, they were wasting their space on, on Lotzgar. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I understand having, you know, when you got all that money, but you know, into a, into a former number one, but this is a guy that was drafted in 07 and they had to, they had to send him from double A back to high A this year. At some point you got to realize that this guy isn't going to help you. Yeah. It's a sad story with that kid. Uh, but yeah, at some point, why are we wasting a, a 40, a valuable 40 man spot that they needed? Um, I think they also, the other guy they let lose today was another 40 man roster guys. It was Josh Raven, I believe. So yeah. they cut two guys off the 40 man today. Uh, did they, did they put me on the 40 man? No, but they sure kept Corky Miller on there, but we won't, we won't even go there. If you don't think that his facial hair is worthy of a 40 man roster spot, I don't think I have anything else to say to you. <laughs> Outrageous! Outrageous! Um, well, then, then, then we should. You know what? Then we need to. The next signing the Reds need to make is Brian Wilson. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh please, please! With his little, with his little <laughs> thing on the end of his beard, whatever you call it, his little scrunchie down there on his beard. That beard is so magnificent that his beard has its own ponytail. <laughs> it's it's just it's beautiful. It's uh, I love it. Um, I I would definitely have him on my roster. Um, Okay, so let's let me uh, before we and I do want to get back into Dusty Baker, even though we probably shouldn't. But before we do that, let's talk about where we are really quickly. The Reds are three and a half back in the division, behind two teams. The Reds are not going to win the National League Central Division. Do you disagree with that? Nothing's impossible, but if I was, I wouldn't put much money on it. No, no, don't don't bet the ranch on that one. So. Given that it's almost a definite at this point, because you get not only your three and a half back, uh, you got to pass two teams to get there. So the Reds are eighty-four and sixty-six right but now. The, but they do have six games against one of those two teams. They do. They do. They, they and and so and and you know, and the Cardinals. We've been talking about how easy the Cardinals you know schedule is, but they they've got to play the the Nationals, and I think they, don't they have another tough series too. Not sure who they play. I can't uh, remember I, now. I, but, I looked at it last week, and now I can't remember. But anyway, but but no, it's not going to be. You know, it's, they're going to have to get incredibly hot and start running teams over. Well, the the number of teams that have come back from let's see, the Reds eighty four and sixty six. How many? That's one hundred fifty games. Twelve games left. Is that if I'm counting correctly? Something like the, that. The number of teams that have erased a three and a half game lead in twelve games over the history of Major League Baseball. I don't know what it is, but it's not many. So. Uh, the media has sort of shifted the talk to what to oh the Washington Nationals and the Nationals are hot. There's no question about it. They finally started playing like uh, the team that everyone thought they were going to be this year. Uh, everyone except for me, um, and they're making a making a push in the wild card race. The flip side of my opinion that the Reds are not going to catch the Pirates and Cardinals both to win this division. Is that the card, or the, is that the Nationals are four and a half behind the Reds as we speak for that uh, last wild card spot? Uh, is it just? Uh, do, I, let me ask two questions. First, do the Nationals have a chance of catching the Reds? Are the Reds going to be able to blow this thing? And number two, if not, is it just uh, the media looking for a talking point to make things interesting going into this last couple of weeks? I think that's exactly what it is, especially the, na- the National League media, because you know if you don't have that, you don't have anything to talk about. 
because because the the wild card would be all decided. All you'd be, you know, you'd be, you'd just be figuring out who was playing who when. Yeah, and the wild card really has been decided. If the Reds end up winning, it has been decided for months. Yeah. So and, and, and I just you know I'm not saying the Reds couldn't couldn't give it away, um, but but. If you believe the, the the Nationals can catch the Reds from four and a half back, you have to believe the Reds can catch whoever in front of them at three and a half back. Even though you got to go over two teams, and and, and you got to believe that the Reds are going to all of a sudden play better than they have played all season. Yeah. In in order to do that, you know the interesting the interesting thing I keep seeing though is is if the Pirates and the Cardinals would tie, they'd have to play a game before they played the Reds. Uh, to see who uh, wins the division and therefore doesn't yeah. have to play in that. So that means the they would probably both of them would probably use their. I would assume they probably use their number one starters. You have to. I think you have to go all out to. to and uh, then get the Reds get to use their number one starter against whoever's number two. Uh, that, yeah, that might be the best case scenario. <laughs> and I do. I do want to talk about this one game playoff, and that the that may be the absolute best case scenario for the Reds uh, if we don't believe they're going to come back and win this division. Uh, is that the Reds may get a chance not to face, uh, you know, of course, I don't know who Wainwright, uh, probably either Liriano or Burnett. I'm not sure who the uh, Pirates would start, but um, interesting. So if that happens, that may give the Reds a little bit of an advantage, even though, of course, the Reds are going to play on the road no matter who they're yeah. they're playing. Uh, who, who would you prefer to play? The Pirates. Absolutely. I, there's no question about that, is there? Not to me, I, I you know, and, and I don't care whether we just you know we just won a series from the Cardinals or not. We don't. They don't. They historically don't play well in St. Louis. There isn't that aura of invincibility. Uh, I, I believe this team thinks they can beat the Pirates even after this last series. I'm not sure that they that they believe they can beat the Cardinals. Now, I, you know, I may be 100 percent wrong. I don't know anything, but all you know, all evidence to the contrary, they, 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 the Cardinals are in their head. Yeah, maybe just a mental thing uh, from the fan base. Maybe just a mental thing in terms of the fans that I'm scared, to, uh, more scared to face. That and the Cardinals, Cardinals can hit. Man, they can hit. Yeah, and I still wonder uh, what kind of smoke and mirrors the Pirates are using. But now let me let me channel Tom Brenneman here for a moment. Um, but I'll take my hat off to the Pirates. They went out and made made deals to make themselves better for the stretch run. They did. They did, and that's why I say let me let me channel let me channel Tom for just a second. Nobody is criticizing the, the Pirates. The Pirates have been good. Um, and, 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 that's pretty and, good. Uh, well, you know, that's my little Tom Brenneman uh, <laughs> imitation. All of a sudden, uh, the Pirates are great. No, the Pirates have been good. Okay, I still don't really know. I, I look at their roster, I look at the Reds' roster, and I don't see it. Um, but they've been very good. They're a legitimate playoff team, and more power to them. You know, really, truth be told, I'm pretty happy for that Pirates fan base. You know, it, I remember how we felt in 2010. As a Bengals fan, I'm ha- I'm happy for them. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. But uh, you know, back in 2010, we'd had a stretch where the Reds hadn't been good, and it was so much fun. The, the Pirates have had a stretch twice as long of, of being bad. So, yep. you know, more power to them. I hope they have a fun one-game playoff and or uh, have a great winter. Um, but uh, but certainly that's the team I would rather play. Yeah, and if we, you know, and that's the other thing that'd be kind of fun is if if we were able to knock them out, it, it fuels the rivalry. That's true. That's true. You know, and, and and there's a bit of a rivalry and, and and some bad feelings there already. You know, with all the 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 bean balls and hit batsmen and 
And, and 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 the football stuff added on top of that, you know. Yeah, a little bit of that. That's just the fan. That's not really the teams. I mean, I'm just talking about the team. I don't think those two teams like each other. No, I agree, I, and it's pretty obvious. Um, and, and you know, the Pirates have had sort of a chip on their shoulder, which started last year when they ended up with a losing record, but they thought they were contenders halfway through the year, and you know, they got a little chip on their shoulder about it. Which yeah, it's fine, whatever. Um, but it's pretty clear those two teams do not uh, get along, and I think a playoff, uh, one game playoff game at uh, at PNC Park there in Pittsburgh, the most beautiful park in the country, I believe. Um, that that'll be that'll be fun to watch in some ways. It'll be uh, maddening for, as a Reds fan, but um, I, that's who I hope. If if they're playing the Cardinals, I'll have even less expectations they can win that. Yeah. So, but you know, if they win that. Like I said earlier, we'll have Latos or Bailey going. Probably Latos, I'd, I'd guess. Um, I, I think it depends on who they're playing. I think if they're playing Pittsburgh, they'll start Bailey. I think if they're playing the Cardinals, they'll start Latos. Well, Bailey has certainly had some success, including the no-hitter against Pittsburgh. Um, either way, I, yeah, I'm fine with either one of those guys. I'm, yep. I'm a big big fan of Matt Latos and a big fan of Homer Bailey. I, I, Dusty will make a decision on that one. That'll be one decision I won't criticize because uh, six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah. Um, so the Reds could could win that game, and then we're talking about the Reds playing in the uh, in the uh, National League uh, Division Series. And let me just look here at the uh, at the standings as they're currently comprised. I guess the Reds would probably, if they can win that game, looks like as of now, Atlanta has the best record in the National League. Uh, am I crazy to think the Reds match up fairly well against the Braves? I think they match up fairly well with the Braves, and I think they've played the Dodgers tough. So I, I, I'm not afraid of either one of those teams. Uh, I'm not saying that you know that they'd be the favorites or anything, but I think that they've they they match up well and they've played well against. I, you know, I don't know what the season record is against the Braves. I honestly can't remember, but I, I know they've played very very well against the Dodgers. They have, they have, and and you know the Braves have some some good pitching, and they've got a couple guys, and they've had a couple guys playing over their heads this year. Evan Gaddis is one in particular who has started playing well once again. Um, so, but but I, I I think the Reds can be seriously competitive, I guess, with uh, Atlanta. I'm just looking up the record against uh, Atlanta this year. It's uh, uh, Reds won three, lost four against Atlanta. Okay, so, so I mean, and, and they've won four, or they've won four and lost three against the Dodgers, or is it, no, they've won three and lost four against the Dodgers, or is it? Uh, yeah, they won four and lost three against the Dodgers. Okay. Yeah, they won one out there, and then they won three here, yeah. It's funny, looking at the Reds versus the Dodgers, they played seven games, and the, the Reds have scored 17 runs and given up 16, but in seven games against the Braves, the Reds have scored 30 runs. And giving up 35. So, you know, that's a pretty big difference for the same number of games. Yeah, it really is. Especially considering that Atlanta has pretty good pitching, uh, similar to the, to Cincinnati. Um, let's take a look down here. Against Pittsburgh, the Reds are 6-7 and seven on the year. Against St. Louis, 8-11. and 11. So, uh, St. Louis, and St. Louis has outscored them 102-77. to 77. St. Louis is the team, the only team I'm, that I would, uh, I'm not going to lose any sleep over any of this, but uh, the one team that I would be concerned about. More than any other, so you know. Well, they, 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 you know, the St. Louis, you know, they say this about college football all the time, but but in college basketball, but St. Louis doesn't rebuild; they reload. <laughs> I mean, they just bring guys up from the minors, and they come out of the, you know, they come out with a with a, you know, a pacifier in their mouth, and they hit two ninety and hit twenty home runs. I mean, it, it, it's just amazing the guys they develop in their system. 
Oh, I know they have ten guys that can throw ninety-nine miles an hour, and uh, you know a guy like Alan Craig, who's not been a world beater, but you know, you plug him in uh, in Albert Pujols' spot, and this year he's about to break the record for best. Uh, although he got injured there, but uh, and, and, and then, you know the guy that replaces him comes in and hits you know what three two home runs in the same in the game. Right. Right, yeah, but uh, his his legendary uh, numbers in, with hitting in runners in scoring position, which is sort of fluky, but still, uh, you're right. They, they keep bringing guys. Uh, Matt Carpenter, the guy that got hit in the leadoff playing second base, that guy's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then so they do. They just reload, and, and over the last 15 years, they've had a stretch uh, rival that rivals anything else any other team has done, and it kills me because I, I want nothing more than to see the Cardinals in last place. And it, this year, I thought was the year that they may uh, struggle. They may be a third place team or something, and. Somehow they've once again uh, done it again. They just chug along. They do. They do. So, um, so I'm not telling anyone that the Reds are going to win the World Series. I'm not telling anyone the Reds are even going to win that first game, that uh, one game playoff. Frankly, I don't think they will. Is the more likely uh, suggestion. But you know, they could. They're as good as any of these teams, and uh, and better than some of these teams. And so. You're not going to convince me that the Reds can't make a run. They're going to have to do something different than what they've done these last uh, every every one of the, these recent weeks, except for that one week. And uh, I'm not really optimistic about whether they can, but uh, that's why uh, crazy things happen in October. So that's why I'm not completely giving up the ghost at this point. Okay, let's talk about the playoff roster. Uh, yes, let's do. Hamilton on or off? I think uh, I would think long and hard about using a spot on him, about whether it's wise. Um, I think probably in the end I would put him on if I were making the roster, but I think it's a foregone conclusion that he absolutely will be on there, in my opinion, whether it's wise or not. The legend of Billy Hamilton has started. Let's hope, let's, let's hope that it's not a, uh, a false prophet. <laughs> exactly. Let's hope he doesn't fade into obscurity like uh, Billy Bates uh, from the 1990 uh, yeah. team. I um, it'll be interesting to see how they set up their playoff roster, assuming they get by the one game. And I don't know whether they set up whether you set up. I don't remember whether you set a playoff roster for that one game and then you reset it. It, it you do you do okay. The, it, well, no, you don't reset it before the division series. You can reset it after the division series. Okay, so the the one game playoff and then the division series would be the same playoff roster. Yes. And you know you wonder what's going to happen with Cueto, and whether Marshall will be ready. How many pitchers they'll carry? You know, do you carry Itsuris and Hanahan, or do you carry one of them? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, they got, they're going to carry one or you know one or both. You know, but I don't see any reason in the world why you need to carry both. Um, you know, since about mid-season, Xavier Paul's been pretty awful. He has been. He's he's. Um, you know, so I don't know what the answer is for a left-handed bat. Um. Well, do you do you put Hamilton on the roster if you're making the decision? Well, I, I think it comes down to Hamilton or, or Derek Robinson, and I think Robinson brings more to the table offensively if they're going to use him that way. But if they make the decision that they're just looking for somebody that can that, that can steal a base or take an, you know or to can pinch run. Then I think Hamilton makes more sense, even though Robinson's not a bad, you know, he's a fast guy. I don't know what his stolen base percentage is. I know he's been pretty successful in the minor leagues. Um, 
I mean, there's no doubt that when Ham they put Hamilton on first base, the, the, the energy level in the ballpark goes up. Uh, now, you don't put a guy on a playoff roster for that, but I don't know. I, you know, his, he, he's gotten a lot of credit for some wins that I think is kind of overblown. The, the, you know, he's gotten, what was he got, three stolen bases? Uh, yeah, I think three or four. And two of them, the guys dropped the ball. And one of them was a bad throw by Moline. And, you know, and some of that is, is brought on by his speed. I, read, I, I, I understand that. But has he been a difference maker? I don't know. I, I, and, and I've said it before, I'm not convinced he's going to hit enough at the big league level. But that's in the future that we're talking about. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. But I, yeah. I, I guess, I don't know. I guess I don't really care whether they put him on the playoff <laughs> roster or not. To me, it's him or Robinson. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, um, Hamilton has five stolen bases, scored four runs. You know the excitement that you feel in the stadium when they bring Hamilton in the game. That's it's something we've not seen probably since uh, Aralis's rookie year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and uh, and the one thing that I think you, the one case that Billy Hamilton might have for being on that. Uh, postseason roster is that Billy Hamilton does have one uh, elite skill okay he's fast and uh, and he will sort of create some havoc on the uh, on the base pass and in, in, when you're talking about these playoff games where many of them you hope are going to be close and uh, every run is going to be even more meaningful having a guy that in a one run game you can uh, put on base and have, give yourself a little bit better chance to score. I think that uh, I think that uh, Hamilton probably has an argument to be on the. On the yeah, and Robinson's three out of eight in stolen bases this year. Um, now, you know he's had now in 2012 in Omaha he stole uh, 32 and was caught uh, or tried 32 times and stole tw- uh, 23. The year before that. You know, he stole 55 out of 70. So, I mean, he, in the minor leagues, he was pretty successful. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, it's funny to say, though, um, Derek Robinson and nobody that has ever known Derek Robinson, his family and friends, would ever believe. But we were talking about Derek Robinson, who, if I'm not mistaken, played college football, uh, maybe in the secondary, maybe in the SEC. Um, I may be making that up. I, know I don't that, think he. No, he signed with with Florida, but he did not. He didn't go, go to school. He signed with Florida as a uh, as a, a cornerback. Defa- as a DB. Yeah. yeah, and so we're talking about Derek Robinson, who signed with an SEC school to play uh, uh, at an elite skill position, where you got to have some speed. Not making the postseason roster because he just ain't fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who'd, who'd believe something like that? But of you know, course, and the other thing is, in Robinson's favor, is he's a real he's a real good defensive outfielder. And and if they're looking for some you know some defensive help in the late innings, Dusty has already said that he he hasn't seen Hamilton out there in center field enough to trust his defense yet. So, you know, I, but but do I think that they'll that they'll not put Hamilton on the roster? No, he's he's going to be on the playoff roster. Yeah, you know, I guess my hope is that the Reds are. I don't want Derek Robinson or a, a, a Billy Hamilton necessarily even, any of these guys, I don't want them playing in a short series. I want the best players playing. Um, but I don't mind having that uh, 
gun in my holster with Billy Hamilton if you need him in a close game late to get out there. And the, you know, we saw in one of those early games. I can't. I guess it was against the Dodgers. Yeah, it was. Uh, Oh, that's his name. Paco, what's his name? The Dodgers reliever. He was torn to pieces at what Billy Hamilton was doing on the bases. Uh, scared to death. And, of course, he ended up losing Votto at the plate because of it, because he wasn't paying attention to the, the hitters. So. Yeah, and, you know, and if we get into late into a game and, you know, Hannigan gets on first base or Masarocco or somebody like that, you know, it's it, like you said, it's, it's, a good, it's a good one to have in your holster. Yeah, yeah, when you consider that uh, you probably don't want some of these uh, bench guys necessarily getting much playing time anyway. Um, yeah, he has one elite skill. He's going to make. You're right, though. He's. It's a foregone conclusion. He's going to be. I think playoff. so. Even though Dusty has said earlier that Robinson would be on the playoff roster, the only way I see them both making it is if either Hanahan or Isuris doesn't make it. Now I haven't sat down and gone through the numbers, but that's the way I see it. Well, I'm not going to get worked up on who they choose either way because it's not going to be. Uh... Well, it's like it's like we talk about at the end of spring training. You know, when you're arguing about the 24th and 25th guy on the roster. Who cares? Yeah. You know, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, you're on the margins at that point. Um, okay, well, uh, one one last thing I wanted to sort of dig into, and then we can uh, call it quits uh, on this uh, episode of the podcast. And, uh, you know, I said earlier in this podcast, I wrote at my recap, Sunday recap of the, the game at redlegnation.com that I'm not calling for Dusty to be fired. And, and I don't want to get into whether you think he should be fired or whether I think he should be fired. or we don't, I don't want to get into it. We don't, to that, but I think here there's an interesting question that's going to have to be answered by the Reds front office. Let's say the Reds, who we've heard from way back uh, before the season started, were all in this year. Uh, they were the window was open and they were going all in to win this season. Um, if the Reds lose, if they come in third place in the division and lose in that one game wild card playoff, so the season's over and, and the Reds get no. They won't get any home games in the playoffs. Do the Reds consider firing Dusty Baker? First, I think we'd have to question whether the Reds really went all in when they didn't do anything in midseason to improve the team. But you have, you, to, you have but to wonder whether the, the perspective of ownership changed. You do concede, though, that going into the season, that's what they told everyone. Absolutely. But I think when they lost their left fielder that they'd signed a big money on the opening day, and then they lose two of their big three in the bullpen and their number one starter, and they don't go out and get any help for any of them, you wonder whether they were hamstrung financially. And so you wonder whether they said, well, maybe not all in. But that being said, I think the, I think the question is, is – is, the, the way you have to look at it, I would I would think is in a manager in a management front office perspective is has Dusty Baker taken this team as far as he can? Because sometimes you just have to bring somebody else in to push you to, to push you over the over the top. And, and I think that would be the question. But the, the if they're not if they were not willing to go out and spend a little bit of money, and I'm a little bit of money when it's not my money is is easy to say. To improve this team at midseason, I have a hard time believing that they're going to eat Dusty Baker's contract for the final year. And and there's the corollary that I was getting ready to, to leap into. Yeah, if if, they, if that budget is as stretched as we think it may be, yeah, is is Bob Castellini going to pay Dusty Baker three and a half million dollars to sit at home? To sit at home. Um, and and that's uh, not even going into you know where do you go. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, of course, then on the other hand, Castellini 
uh, got rich by being a good businessman. And there's a concept of sunk costs there. He's already paying this guy. If you can get somebody else that's going to help the team progress, that's going to, uh, which would help revenues rise if the Reds can make it to a World Series and, and do better next year. Three of the last four years, Dusty's gotten to the playoffs but has not been able to advance in the playoffs. Um, you know, it's a sunk cost at this point. You're obligated to pay it. Well, the other argument that you could make, and, 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 and I think this is the way I, I would try to put it to him, is if they don't make a, cha- a change to make the fans believe this team is going to be better next year, do you think your attendance is going to go up or down? Yeah, I, I can't see it going up. Uh, no, I can't either. If they lose that one-game playoff after uh, all the excitement of this year. Um, and again, I, I don't think either of us are saying that Dusty needs to be fired. But these are questions. Oh, I am. Well, you're, you're on the record. I'm, I've been I've said it for two years. I, yeah. He, I, I just think he's terrible. I, I just think he's I, – I, I, and you said it earlier. I think he has, he, he has skills that are really good for a major league team. I think he'd be a great guru. Uh, but well, I think as a manager, as a guy that's got to fill out the lineup card and make those changes, no switches, and know when to get guys in and out, I, I think he's terrible. I don't care what his record is. You know. Well, I, you've got to wonder what the team values in its manager. What Castellini and Jockety and, and the, the ownership group and the, and the management uh, group, what they value in a manager. Uh, if they value the things that Dusty Baker is purported to do well, and, you know, if you want to uh, argue in his favor, you say he's taken this team that had had no success for a, a long time, and they made the playoffs three of the last four years. Um, if you value that much more highly than you value uh, some of the on-field stuff, uh, then maybe you want to keep him around because, hey, the Reds uh, being a winning club – are, uh, it's a money-making proposition, and it's much better than the alternative of being losers. Okay, um, I'm trying to play devil's advocate a little bit. I, I think it's interesting how circumstances sometimes drive decisions. Baker wasn't Jockety's guy. Baker was here before Jockety, so I think a lot of us thought when Baker's contract was up, Jockety was going to want to bring in his own guy. Well, but they they made the playoffs last year when when the year in Baker's contract year. You know how tough is it to let your manager go? You know how many teams have done that? We made the playoffs, but we're gonna let him walk because we want to bring in our own guy. That takes that takes some pretty big cojones by the front office to do that. Yeah, Jockey's hands were a little bit tied. Yeah, and, and so they kind of handed side and, and Baker and I and, and Baker's defense. I, I'm sure you know he said, "Well, I'm not signing a one year deal." Right, you know, and so the circumstances of winning at exactly the right time probably got him another deal. If it, you know, if it had been reversed, if they'd have made the playoffs in eleven and not made the playoffs last year, Dusty Baker wouldn't have been back. Well, I agree. Uh, I agree. But now, think about it in these terms. First of all, I already said maybe the Reds value what he does off the field uh, more more than most people do. But we've more also than, got more to, than we do. More than we do. Um, but you also got to consider the other side of that coin, which is it's quite possible that they don't think he's nearly as bad an on-field manager as we do. Now, Dusty Baker does a lot of old-school type by-the-book things, and there are a lot of people that have been been in baseball a long time that still believe uh, in the sacrifice bunt and uh, uh, having a you know a, a fast guy hitting second there that can handle the bat a little bit, suppose it can lay down a bunt. Um, 
you know, it's entirely possible that the Reds don't think he's doing that bad a job. Yep, you're absolutely right. And, and that wouldn't surprise me at all. And so, I mean, because Jockety's uh, an old school guy, too. So I, I think that there's a small chance the Reds fire Dusty if they lose in that one-game playoff. But I think it's very small. I agree. I, I, I agree. And, and I think the only thing I will say to flip on the flip side of that is the the complaining you hear, and I'm not just talking about on the blogs, and, and I, I'm talking about if you listen to people at the ballpark, the complaining you hear about Dusty Baker is unlike anything I can remember. Even when the Reds were terrible, I don't remember him complaining. I don't remember him complaining about managers like this since Bob Boone. That's funny. I just wrote the name down, Bob Boone, because I wanted to. I wanted to talk about that. Um, you read my mind once again. Uh, you know, the last four years, Dusty won three of the four years, ninety-one, ninety-seven, and they're on pace to win ninety again this year. Uh, been a long time since the Reds. I think did he's that. the. I think he's the third leading winner for Red, managers for the Reds. He's won uh, over five hundred games, five hundred and three games, um, and so. This is the argument in favor of Dusty, I guess. But another argument is uh, what you just mentioned and the reason I wrote down that name. I don't have any faith in the Reds that they're going to hire anybody better because most of the managers before we got Dusty were worse than Dusty Baker, in my opinion. Bob Boone was worse. Jerry Naren was worse. Dave Miley at the Major League level was worse. Uh, Ray Knight was worse. Um I don't know that there's any reason to believe the Reds are going to get anybody any better than Dusty. And maybe if Dusty has some uh, positive traits as a manager, maybe we should be happy with that and just... Uh, uh, How about we trade Aroldis Chapman to Tampa for Joe Madden? Oh, and that sounds like a plan to me. Joe, <laughs> Joe Madden would have had this team in the World Series. There's no doubt in my mind about that. All right. Well, anything else you want to ramble on about? No, I think we need to wrap it up. We, but you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna have a marathon session today. We're gonna we're gonna let everybody go a little early. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> excuse school a little early today. I let class out a little early. Thanks, Teach. Um, well, Bill, I appreciate you uh, joining us again. Um, you gonna make a prediction? Are the Reds gonna win that one game playoff? I think. Uh, here's what I'll say: If they play the Pirates, they'll win. If they play the Cardinals, they'll lose. Uh, I'm predicting they'll lose either way. And I'm, that makes me want to cry. Um, okay, well, you know, another uh, rousing edition of Red Leg Nation Radio. Appreciate uh, Bill Lack for joining us. Head to redlegnation.com every day. We really, uh, in my opinion, and I'm very biased, but I've been a lot of good stuff there all season long um, for the discerning Reds fan, uh, sort of an independent view of what's going on with the Reds organization. Hey, Chad, uh, before, before yes. I don't think we, I don't think we give our guys, the, the guys that do most of the writing, we don't give them near enough credit, and and their stuff is outstanding. Steve and Richard, and I know I'm going to forget Tom and Greg, and who am I forgetting? You, Jason, Jason, you, you can uh, forget me. You uh, know, both Chris's, yeah, yeah. My hat is just off to those guys. I read their stuff and I go, "Damn, they ought to be doing this for a living." Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. But, but if there's a play, if there's a if there's a site that's got better content than what, than what we have. I haven't seen it. Well, you know, when we sort of say it amongst ourselves some, because you and I have been around with uh, RedLegNation.com since the very beginning, um, This we got a pretty strong group, and I'm very appreciative of all the guys that uh, waste all their time talking about the Reds at uh, Red Lake Nation. I do. I, I think that there's better content on the Reds than you're going to get anywhere else. And, and I'm biased, sure, but I, I truly believe that. 
Uh, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but I think on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, if you're a Reds fan, you know, I don't know why you wouldn't want to uh, join the conversation and read some of the good stuff. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, I, I can't express in words my appreciation for Me too. Me everything too. That, uh, that all you guys are doing. Um, so, so get over there and read some of that stuff, guys. Um, RedLegNation.com. Join us on Twitter at, uh, at RedLegNation. You can uh, obviously subscribe to the podcast. Go to iTunes, subscribe to uh, the podcast. You can get the link at, uh, at RedLegNation. Uh, got two weeks left in this season. Who knows what's going to happen? For Bill Lack, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone.